It was a really, really tough experience. And I think I'm still living with that regret. I think I always will now. I had just started a, a new business on my own. It was corporate events. Went traveling all over the world. The second I got back to Dubai, two days later, we were locked down, no help. I had lost almost everything. You can imagine then I was broken. It is literally the purest form of CMOS that you can get on the market. And I can say that with certainty because I've tested it all. So my whole process was went looking for the best way to farm it sustainably, best way for the environment and how I could offer the best form of CMOS in the world. I stumbled across these islands from Indonesia to Timor all across here. They've been farming it for generations and they know how to do it. It's sustainable. The water is crystal clear. There's no pollution. It's done perfectly. This isn't a business. This is a responsibility now to change a life. It means so much more. So this is the motivation behind it. I can never quit and now I can never fail. I can say that's a life's purpose. I had a dream and it was not as good as this. Just quickly before we get started, guys, if you've been enjoying the podcast, can I please ask that you consider leaving a five-star review and subscribing on whatever platform you've been listening. It really helps the podcast grow. All right, cool, boys. We're going. Joseph, ready to go? Brandon, you ready to go? I'm ready to go. He's ready to go. All right, we're back. Second episode coming uh, coming to you with like someone off a TV show. People are going to think we're a fucking TV podcast. But um, <laughs> Brent Vitiello. Vitiello? How do you say? Vitiello. Vitiello. Yep. Italian? Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Again, I'm always butchering last names. It's fucked on this podcast. You might know him um, as Brent Leon on Instagram. Oh, that's yep. what I thought was your last name until I looked at the invite. I'm like, fuck. It's not actually his last name. Um, but the reason I want to talk to you, man, obviously one of the biggest stars to come off maths, married at first sight, reality TV in Australia is absolutely blowing up. Um, and I don't know about one of the biggest ever, but you have to be one of the biggest males to come off the show and build a following. So we'll touch a little bit on maths. I know you, I know you've done plenty of podcasts talking about that experience for me personally. I want to go a little bit deeper, find out who Brent is kind of the, you know, the, the origin story of Brent. And of course, talk about your, your latest venture, obviously Moss X daily, uh, your new brand that you've just launched and the foundation. Yep. One dollar, one dream club. We're going to go into all of that. But first of all, thanks for coming. I know you're popping off to London next week. So uh, privileged to have you here. Uh, so look, it, it's a pleasure. Thanks for having me. So uh, it's exciting. For uh, sure. For sure. And we were saying when we were chatting briefly on Instagram, like I love when people come off, whether it's a TV show like yourself or athletes, when they get to like the back end of their career and start realizing, Hey, I'm blessed enough. I'm lucky enough to have this platform now. Yeah. Let's actually do something with it because you would have seen, I'm sure you have heaps of mates. You come off whatever TV show and you have a bit of a spike in life sick for, you know, three to six months. Yeah. But if you, if you, if you don't take that opportunity to build something, not just to make money for yourself long-term, but to build an impact, to build a life, to be able to, you know, create a difference that, that, that you want to put into the world. So I'm excited. As soon as I saw that, I'm like, that's it. We've got to have him on the podcast. So <laughs> I appreciate that. But before we get into all that, let's, let's, as I said, talk about, Brent, who, who, who you are and like how you got here. So we'll, we'll wind all the way back. Brent as a, as a kid, what's, what's life? Like were you a good kid? Were you a naughty kid? Like how was how life? Oh, that's a tough one. Okay. If I'm going to be honest, I was, I was look a, a decently good kid. Yeah. Yeah. Put it that way. I yeah. was always had a lot of energy. I, I, th I suppose as I started getting older, I started getting into a bit of trouble. Mm -hmm. It was uh, too much energy and didn't know where to put it. Yes. So this is where it all started. So my parents started putting me into, uh, into martial arts and mm -hmm. stuff like that. And then got to a point where it was, my dad took me into the gym for the first time. Cause he used to be a bodybuilder as well back mm -hmm. in the day. And was like, all right, we need to channel all this energy, all this like ADHD yeah. energy as we were talking um, into something positive. So I was half, half decent kid. Um, but I guess growing up, I was probably too involved in wanting to be popular than I was 
wanting to do too much with my life, yeah. uh, which I can tell you something now has changed dramatically. And, and starting martial arts, obviously your dad being kind of an athlete himself was aware of kind of the benefits that that could have on you. Like you said, a lot of energy, like the ADHD was, thing was probably playing a part already. Yeah. You get into, was Taekwondo you did for about 10 years, right? Yes. What age was it that you started that? First of all, have you done some research I or mean, have I you done some research? I fucking research. Yeah, well, I'm impressed already. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Not bad. Yeah. So yeah, about 10 years. I was a few months away from being a third day in black belt. I was doing, um, I was doing, uh, shows. I was even mm. being put forward for the Olympics at one stage. I was wow. 16 before I tore my meniscus in my knee. Damn. And then I kind of, I, I, as I got older, I got bored of it and, yeah. and, uh, and then just stopped. That's crazy, man. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm a third degree black belt, but in Kung Fu, I do. Kung I still Fu. do it. Yeah. I okay. started it much later in life, but for me, like I said, like I found it recently, I've got ADHD. As I was saying, I didn't know all in school, but when you find out, you're like, fuck, things yeah. make so much sense. But having that outlet and that and to, or somewhere that you can go to channel all that focus, all that energy that you have can have a massive impact. I don't know. I know it's thinking back now, like what, 20, 30 years to when, when you were that young kid, but yeah. what changes or what impact did martial arts have on your life as, as that kid with like heaps of energy and kind of not a lot of direction? Man, honestly, purpose, mm. uh, purpose and discipline. I think, I think if you've got, if you've got someone that's got like too much energy or you have ADD, ADHD or anything like that, and you lack purpose and lack, uh, something to work for, that's when we start getting into trouble. I think that's where you start, you know, you start losing yourself as a human being. I mean, if you go back, you know, hundreds of thousands of years where we're wanderers, we're always Mm. supposed to have some sort of purpose. Uh, and now with, I guess with technology, We've lost our purpose. So I guess that's what it was. It was teaching me discipline, was giving me some sort of purpose or something to work towards. And now the same thing with my life. Now, if I don't have something to work towards, I just crumble. That's exactly me. And I don't know if it's an ADHD thing or if it's it's for anyone. I honestly think this can be a universal thing for like, when people are struggling with mental health, whenever I've had the little dips of mental health in my life, it's always because I've lost clarity and lost direction. Yes. Like if you can just wherever you're on life, if you're 18 years old and you're just figuring shit out or you're 35 years old and you've had a couple ups and downs, like if you just recenter and like think about where am I in life, where do I want to be and just set some fucking big ambitious goal that you really care about. Yeah. I find personally that having a big goal to work towards, it takes care of 80%. Of Easily. the mental health stuff because everything falls in line from that. Easily. And mm. I, I couldn't agree more. Yeah. And now- Obviously you, you said you were a little bit like a lot of kids are interested in just popularity, making, making friends, I'm sure picking up girls. What was, what was like, what were your challenges? I imagine you're a good looking guy and were you a good looking kid back then? Pretty good with the girls. What was, cause there's always something, regardless if they seem like the most popular kid in school, everyone has some challenge, some, some story that people don't know is going on. Did you have anything in, in, in those early years that that maybe people didn't know about that you were going through or anything like that? Uh, yeah, man. Look, I, I think wanting to be the popular kid was a facade and was kind of just a barrier to hide the fact that I was going through a lot of uh, mental issues because I think I lacked a lot of ways of handling emotion. I always had extreme emotion. So I was I, I used to battle depression, anger issues and all that stuff. And sometimes I still do now. And I think I hid that behind being the popular kid because it was an easier way to distract everyone else from the issue. And that, that issue for me was such a big thing because again, back then it's more about, I don't want to seem weak. I don't want to seem like, you know, I have an issue or a problem. 
So, yeah, you kind of hide behind it. And I suppose the older you get, the more you start thinking, okay, you know, not only you have to face these facts, you have to kind of, you have to face the challenge, you have to raise up to it and then and, and do something about it. The times are very different then. Like you would have been in school, what, like early 2000s, late 90s, like the conversation around mental health, particularly for men speaking out is like, Really only the last five years has been really normalized, but yes, yes. You know, you couldn't speak about it back then. No. And no. did you grow up, where did you grow up in Sydney? Where, where are you from originally? Yeah. Western Sydney. Yeah. Western Sydney. Western whereabouts? Sydney. Um, a, a place like Greenfield park, but it was always around near the Fairfield area. Yeah. Okay. So back then when my dad first moved there, it was all Italians. Yeah. So it was all just pretty much around that, that, that province there was, mm. was where I grew up. And like, cause I grew up in Western Sydney, myself, Preston. So like near Liverpool area it's easy to find yourself in the wrong crowds and, and, and getting into trouble and being led astray by kind of the wrong motivations. Is that something that was a theme in your life? Yeah, a lot. Yeah. I got into quite a bit of trouble. I did go down a few, a few bad paths and uh, I think shit to this day, I'm still kind of struggling with that um, dealing with it all. But yeah, I mean, I mean, as I got older, it just, you kind of have to snap out of it and realize it's just not that kind of life that you need and it's not going to get you anywhere in life either. That's, that's an interesting thing you say. And like, I feel like it's, it's, it's for everyone, whether you realize it or not, we're still all dealing with things from our childhood. And, well, yeah. and like, I don't know, I've had a, I've had a pretty good life. I, I feel even though like, well, sometimes you don't realize I didn't, I didn't meet my dad till I was 15. I grew up with like my mom and my grandparents mm-hmm. and I didn't really see that as a challenge until very recently. It's like, no, fuck. Like that shaped me a lot, but it would have been difficult, but you kind of like, as a kid, you internalize all that stuff to protect yourself and you don't fully experience it yeah. and process it until yeah. later on. Like, what does that look like for you now? Like no one's an expert in like, everyone's like, yeah, deal with your childhood trauma or, you know, go back. How is that? Like, how are you now going back? Cause I know you're very into personal development and growth in all facets mm-hmm. of life. How do you fucking start trying to deal with this stuff and become a better person? Oh, look, <laughs> yeah. My, look, my main one was I realized I was ruining a lot of relationships by not dealing with my past trauma. So the trauma itself was, was causing many, many issues that I didn't think was a problem really at first until you start, it took me a while too. It was actually pretty recent yeah. where you start realizing that you are hurting the ones that you love. And then and when you see that and when it finally hit me, it, it, it broke my heart mm. and, and I realized that it's because I didn't deal with certain things early enough. And now I'm only starting to do it now. I mean, I, I recently did that 75 hard challenge. So I was pushing myself physically, mentally, and then thought, look, if, if, if you're going to go the whole way in trying to be a better human being top to bottom, like I had to do the whole mental side as well. Yes. Um, and so I'm really, really trying to work on that because yeah, man. How many times are you gonna hurt the ones you love before you realize you're the you're the problem? You're the problem. Did did you did you back then? Did you have a habit of like, yeah, sure, you're four for girls quickly, but then it was really easy for you mentally to disconnect and feel no emotions. There were you like, whenever things got difficult or you were triggered in different situations, were you the type of person that it was just easy for you to like, if you wanted to move on from someone, you could kind of do that? Uh no, I think I was a bit more of the opposite. I mean, if, if I really didn't care yeah, I could switch off, I guess I'm, I'm, I was like halfway. Yeah, yeah. Then you got the other ones where I'd be really, really attached. So heartache, breakups and all that shit, especially when I was younger, was a lot harder for me to deal with. And it is even, even till now, like it's, it's, that's why I push people away. I don't like emotion. Mm-hmm. So I run from it, I hide it or I put walls up or I internally try to make them hate me 
So it makes it easier for me to walk away. Yeah, dude. I or, found or, that. Or, also, they leave and I'm I'm like, okay, yeah, cool. I knew that was going to happen anyway. Because it's just easier than you having to deal with the real issue or have an adult conversation about your true feelings, right? Exactly. All right, guys, just quickly, I've got some news. I've spent close to the past 18 months building the ultimate program that takes you through the complete process. And I mean the complete process of launching and scaling your very own e-commerce brand from zero all the way up to a million dollars plus per year. And now with this program, what you're going to get access to is 15 modules with over 100 training videos and 23 hours of in-depth content, taking you through everything you need to know to build a successful e-com brand. And this is the important part. This isn't just stuff that you can look up on YouTube. This is stuff I've taken from real lessons and experiences building Happy Skin Co. from zero all the way up to an eight-figure per year brand. You're going to get access to loads of custom tools, templates, and calculators that I've used to build and run Happy Skin Co. There's going to be one-on-one mentoring with myself and other expert coaches. And there's also weekly group Q&A calls with myself to make sure you're feeling completely supported throughout the entire process. And now what I've learned from consulting to everyone from people starting their very first e-commerce brand all the way up to brands already doing seven figures plus per year is that there's a process and a framework to follow if you want to be successful with e-com. Now, if this is something you're interested in, hit the link below and go to join.viralbrandbuilder.com. All the information's there and you can book a call directly with me. Otherwise, send me a DM and we can chat there. Anyway, let's get back to the pod. Dude, it's so fucked. I don't know why guys do this. Like I've done it the same as well, but it's like I've, I've, I used to weirdly think that was a strength because I'm like, I'm never getting hurt. Like I'm never the one getting hurt. So yeah, like yeah. But then I've been with my partner now for, for two years, like a much more serious adult relationship before this relationship, apart from like obviously some flings and, and short-term things, like mm-hmm. I was probably single for like seven years. Yeah. And I thought that was a strength because like I didn't need anyone. But then like as you progress through life, and I'm sure you've probably had your own journey of realizing that if you want to go to the next level of life, you actually have to do the work on that stuff because like, do you just yeah. want to be alone for your whole life and push people away and, and have see, no emotion? Yeah, exactly. And I, I was always the type like I'm, I'm happy to be alone. Mm-hmm. And then I had, I had a relationship while I was living in Dubai because I was there for seven years. And that was really good until I found out that she was, um, she was an escort. Wow. So that, that was fun. That was a lot of fun. It's quite common in Dubai, right? Yeah. Yeah. So that one kind of turned me off. And after that, I was single for about four or five years. And it wasn't until I then met, I met, I met Taylor that it all changed. And then I screwed it up. Yeah. Nice and simple. Right? I screwed it up and it had nothing to do with her. Mm-hmm. It was literally me. And because of it and, and, and screwed it up so many times that you, you start seeing, that's what it was. It starts seeing how many times you can hurt someone and you just realize, I feel like, what are you doing? Enough is enough. Like, enough is enough. You can't keep doing this to the people you love, like especially when you care about them. Mm. And then, and then when it's too late, you just sit there living with with regret, and so you're just back to square one. It's it, as if you didn't learn anything. Exactly. Like you don't want to be that, like you know, forty year old, fifty year old bachelor, still you know all the money, big empty place, no one to share it with. You know what I mean? It's like you really got to. Really got to check yourself and it's not easy. I feel like if you've been doing that for 10, 15, 20 years as a guy to to change your ways, but it's definitely fucking worth it. Yeah. Yeah. Now that experience with, with uh, the girl you were with in Dubai, you find out that she's, she's been an escort. Do you have like, do you start questioning everything at that point? Do you have like a bit of an identity crisis, like such a big part of your life? Yeah. Essentially was a lie. What did that do to your mental state? Yeah. Look, I think, okay. So I started seeing, uh, I started seeing a therapist. And uh, the biggest form of trauma I have is betrayal. 
and the expectation of being betrayed because I had some huge things happen in my life that turns really, really bad, really, really bad. And it was all about betrayal. So then you got the relationship part where that, oh, she's an escort. Okay. Betrayal. Now I expect every single person to betray me. So it's either I attempt to not, not, not betray them first, but I attempt to make them hate me just to say, yeah, I knew this was going to happen anyway. Or I, I try and push them away because I fear too much of that happening again. So it's become a very, very big part of my life and dealing with it. And I'm still not dealing with it properly yet, but I'm, I'm trying. So it becomes like a repeating pattern and and you create this like self-fulfilling prophecy. Yeah. That's like a cycle, right? Yeah. I, I, I just expect anything and everyone to betray me. So I, I can't trust a single soul type thing. And it's, it affects everything from, from your work relationships, your everyday, uh, everyday talks with just a, any human being. You just automatically seem to think, all right, well, like, you know, what, what's your ulterior motive? Like it's, it's, a, it's, it's, much, it's too much to think but about. That's like, again, why it's important to face is because that's not really like, it's affecting yourself more than anyone else. Yeah, it is. You know what I mean? Like you're only hurting yourself to continue on down that, down that path of like thinking that way, living that way. But what's, what was the trigger? Like, I know you, you like you, you hurt people and you see the patterns. Like what was the trigger for you to be like, fuck, you know what? Like, like you said, I'm still not fully dealing with this property properly. What's the moment where you're like, I'm going to, whether it takes six months, six years, whatever, I'm going to try and become the, the man I want to be. What was that trigger for you? And, and was it like a day where you're like black and white, I'm different from now? Or was it like a gradual process? Uh, on and off gradual, but it was when I fully gave into a human being. I loved her to death and I hurt her for the last time. And I'll tell you now, it broke me. It broke me because I saw it and it, it took me a long time to see what kind of hurt that I was causing. And when I did, I, I came crashing down, you know, when you realize all at once and it, it was, uh, fuck. it was a really, really tough experience. Um, and I think I'm still living with that regret. I think I always will now because that one hurt the most. And that was my fault. Like it didn't need to be that way. If I had only attempted to, to try and fix this earlier. So I'm still working towards it, I guess. And like, I, I know what you're talking about and you say like you push people away and, and part of you makes them like start pushing you away and start hating you. So then like when the moment does come, the inevitable time that they're going to betray you or something's going to hurt you, it's like a little bit easier to take, but do you feel like it's something that you're choosing to do consciously or it's like subconscious, your body's just doing this and you can kind of, you know, what's happening. You don't really want to do it, but it's become such an ingrained pattern in your life that it's kind of fucking hard to pull the handbrake up. Yeah, that's the problem. It's, it was always subconscious. Mm-hmm. You don't want to do it. You do it just because it's a, it's a defense mechanism. Exactly. All right. That's the only way I know how to cope because look, I can handle, I can handle anything. Mm-hmm. I'm really good at what I do, but emotion and emotion when it comes to, to a, to a partner. Right. So this is where I crumble and it's that there that I, 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 I lose it. Yeah, the, the best way to put it is, is I completely lose like your it. Your Achilles heel, right? The way that. Yeah, it is. And, and it freaks me out. It's the one thing that scares me. I don't like giving myself to someone. I don't like doing like that. Shit, I could, I could take 10 guys wanting to kill me. I can take that. But when it comes to something like this, I crumble. And yeah, I'm trying to deal with a, a situation even now that's, uh, it's, it's, it's breaking me day by day. But I mean, at the same time, I am, I am trying to 
just ensure that I never make this mistake again. Mm. Look, that's all you can do. Like as long as you, it gets to the point where, the, like as I was saying, some people might be able to, to realize what they're doing and change it overnight. Realistically, that's not the way human beings work. Like yeah. these are patterns and behaviors that we've been living out, you know, for, for decades at times. So it's like that process, there's, there's no fucking roadmap. And it's just, as long as you have that commitment to it, there's nothing else you can do. Yeah. That guilt that I'm sure you felt, tell me, how long did you sit with that guilt? It's, it feels like there's still a little bit of guilt underneath. Oh, not a little bit, man. I'll be honest with you. I'm, I'm living with that guilt day by day. It's killing me. I think that part is the only thing that's really hindering <clears throat> my growth. The progress forward, yeah. Yeah, the progress forward uh, is, is being hindered by the fact that I have so much guilt. And I've lived my whole life in regret of the things that I've done and yet still somehow continue to do them. And it's, it's, I think sometimes when it gets like that, you, you don't want to open yourself up to someone because you don't want them to see the real person you are or what you have to deal with. And I think that's why I'm so the way I am, I guess. So that guilt lives with me every day to, to even now it's, it's, it's a shit thing to live with. So like that guilt, right? It, it seems like to me <clears throat> from the outside looking in and, and for yourself, like in a way it served the purpose, feeling a bit of that guilt because it made you realize, fuck, it made you realize what you did, yeah. how you're hurting people and like that you want to change. You want to be different. Now, how do you then take that moment? You've had that learning that lesson but you feeling like this and letting the guilt be like an undercurrent in everything you do for the next 10 years also isn't going to serve you and your future relationships and anything you can build with someone moving forward. Yeah. Uh, you got to learn from it. Mm. You, you got to face it. I mean, if, if you're like, I mean, I'm at a stage now where, like I said, I, I, my hands are up. I went to therapy. I'm going to therapy. You start working towards it. You've, you've got to face it head on. It's got to stop. 100%. It has to stop. I mean, how many, how many, times are you going to push people away? How many times am I going to sit there and feel guilt? How many times are you going to make the same mistake? And if I'm, if I'm sitting there in my head saying, I want to be a superior human being, that's, that's my goal. Well, it all starts here and the rest of it can come with it. The physical part is actually easy. Yes. I can physically enhance really quickly if I really wanted to, but it, it, it's the mind that, that controls pretty much everything. So I, I can't dwell. I can only make promises that I will move forward, make those moves to keep moving forward and attempt and fully put everything into improving everything that I've done wrong in the past. But with, with having ADHD, there's this thing called RSD where it's like this, you know what it stands for? It's like this rejection. Like when, whenever you experience a moment of rejection, this little moment that, you know, for someone else might last a second, this little trigger can make you feel these things really deeply and you can really dwell on these things. So you just explained me in a, in a, in a sentence. It's weird, right? It's, mm. it's weird. And, and it's just part of, part of one of the negative. We're speaking about like the good things about ADHD and all the content that's coming out about, about it. There, there's fucking heaps of benefits. I really truly believe it's been an absolute superpower in my life. Yeah. And I know for anyone else that has it, there's elements that it fucking makes them do things that other people cannot do, but there are negatives with it. And that's one of the things now I think seeing a therapist is fucking an amazing thing to do for anyone at any stage of life, because like you go to the gym, if you, if you don't know what you're doing, you'll, you'll see a personal trainer. If you want to eat better, you'll see a dietitian or whatever. But it's like, I feel like the hardest thing to figure out for yourself is, is not only mindset as in like, okay, real, when you think like personal development mindset, like work ethic and discipline and that, I mm -hmm. feel like that's like, you can kind of listen to enough podcasts, read enough books and, and implement that but it's the unwiring these, these, these patterns and behaviors, that subconscious shit that I feel like is the hardest thing to navigate and figure out yourself. It is. So why wouldn't you engage with an expert to help 
facilitate conversations, get you thinking exactly. to, to push you down that, that, that road to whatever your goal is, however you want to be a better person. Yeah, exactly. And that's what I'm trying to push forward to everyone that I ever speak to. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it's not a weakness. This is a superpower now. 100%. Fixing that is, is, is your num- number one. Because if you want to act as a superior human, whether it comes into, into business, into personal life and everything and every aspect, it, it starts with your mind. And if you're not in full control of that, I mean, you're never really going to be in full control, but if you're not, if you're not actively attempting to, to fix what your, what those issues are, then you're going to keep crumbling down and you're never going to really reach that peak. And in my mind, I refuse, refuse not to reach that peak. And again, and I'm not going to hurt anyone else over, over things that I should have fixed years ago. Yes, exactly. The thing is you said that I think it's interesting. You can't control everything. Like I feel like you can, you can almost, well, from my, my personal experience, I could control everything being a lone wolf, right? Not a lone wolf as in loner, no friends, no, no, like when you don't open yourself up to anyone to seriously deeply connect with you to get to know you personally, I felt it was so easy to control everything because I'm living my life. I've created this life. I do what I want. I'm, I can be very selfish with my life as in I do what I want when I want, I'll work as long as I want. I'll go here. I'll go there. I'll see whoever I want. But when you realize that, Hey, I want a different life. Like what life has, have I always envisioned? I've never wanted to, you know, be alone my whole life. I've always wanted to meet someone and have a family. I was like, fuck, that's where the real work starts. Because as soon as you incorporate someone else's needs, wants and desires and trying to balance all that. Yeah. It's a whole different ball game. Exactly. The whole lone wolf thing. Exactly. By the way, who, who is your father? I'm a bit worried that we're, we're from the same cloth here. <laughs> the way you're talking is, is yeah, literally, your, your, your thoughts are my thoughts. Yeah, so it's, it's it's, yeah, it's, 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 it's interesting as well. Like obviously doing this type of stuff, like you connect with people that are kind of on similar trajectories, kind of like, well, just both having ADHD. I don't think ever doing the traditional path, the standard nine to five is ever going to work with us. It would ever. just be unbearable. No, no, unbearable. no. I, I, I'd literally rather play in traffic. So I couldn't. It's, yeah. It's not something that I could ever do. I've tried. Yeah. I've tried and there was just no chance of it, of it happening. So what, so what was your path? So you go through school. Do you get a trade then straight into the workforce? Do you consider uni or TAFE? What was kind of no, I the went path to a, there? I went to a fitness institute and started okay. uh, uh, studying to be a personal trainer mm-hmm. and went down the whole fitness side of it. Uh, and I did that for quite a while. And even then I, um, I think I just started getting bored. Mm-hmm. And then I had a real problem with authority as well. Yeah. It was a little shit when it came to stuff like that. I hated being told what to do. And then from there, I, uh, I fell into hospitality clubs and stuff like that. I was always good with people. I was always good with talking. I was always good with being popular, being, bringing people to places. Yeah. So I fell into that and started making pretty good money. That kind of in turn then led to my life in Dubai. Then that amped it up over there, started making real good money. Um, so that's kind of how it happened. Everything is just kind of fallen into place with the gifts that I have. Interesting. Like how did you, cause with the last person we had on, it was the same sort of experience. Um, <laughs> Bellington like just randomly got into nightlife, ended up being like a massive promoter in the cross. Now like Jad from Gogglebox, I don't know if you know him. Similar sort of journey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Legend. But how did you start into that? And was it, were you like being a promoter at the start? Like how, how, how did you get into this hospitality journey? Yeah, I I had a friend that was doing a night in in King's Cross. Mm -hmm. And then it went from that to uh, realizing we could bring so many more people in. So commission based. Okay. You're making good money. Yeah, yeah. Next thing you know, one of the big heads is like, okay, can you take, would you take over this club? Shit. Yeah. Okay, cool. Killed it. Yeah. Okay. Would you take over the biggest club in Queens Ross? Would you, would you be the promoter of the biggest club? Sure. 
Yeah. We killed it and broke every record there was. Wow. Um, what, what, what time was this? Because we're talking about the good old glory days of the cross. This, this is... This is the good old glory days. This yeah. is when this is obviously before before all the lockouts and everything. Course, when when yeah. when King's Cross was at its peak, and we were we doing big numbers. We were like little shits, but we were like the, the kings of the cross type thing. It was really really cool, and it was a uh, it was a really great experience. Um, and yeah, we made a name for ourselves. It was it was good. So like uh, very early on, clearly there's been like an identification that you know a normal like you said, even like PT wasn't enough of a a challenge, something enough to keep you interested, but like the highs and the adrenaline of putting on all these big events and earning money in your early mid twenties. Yeah. And it's like, you see other mates that are, you know, whether they're on the tools or they're in an office and you just, what do you, you look at that life and it's just not an option, but Dubai, even so how long you're in Dubai for seven years. Yeah. When do you, when do you make that move and what called you to, to, to take it over there? All right. Well then obviously, so you had the, that whole like adrenaline based life of, of, of the cross and what it was. And then the, you know, the lockout laws and everything kind of died, died down mm. after that. And I became very bored. And when I'm bored, I get into trouble. Yes. Um, so I happened to, I had an ex-girlfriend at the time that was used to be talking about Dubai. So I used to see photos and before you know it, th these photos became a, uh, a pins on Pinterest. And before you know it, I started becoming obsessed with it and the life. And then there was someone from Australia who was there working at one of the clubs there. So I'm watching his life, watching his life. And I'm like, oh, there we go. Mm. Yeah, that's it. And then the, the girlfriend I was with at the time, we broke up and she took that idea and went and moved there before I did. Oh, really? And I was like, wow. But in, in, in the sake of things, she ended up connecting me. Cause I tried for a long time to get over there, but then she ended up meeting this guy there. She connected with him who then got me my first job over there. Um, and it took me seven months to then meet my business partner, start our own business and we blew up. So, and that, cause obviously like a lot of people last, you know, two, three, four years have been moving over to Dubai. This is kind of a little bit before it becomes like really mass on everyone's radar. You kind of inadvertently create like a little vision board and, and manifest this life for yourself. Is that Something you did consciously? Are you a big visualizer or do you use vision boards or how, how is that something that you've implemented in life with all your other goals or is it just something that kind of happened by accident? Yeah, no, uh, I pretty much knew what I wanted. I mean, I was using, instead of a vision board, it was, it was a Pinterest board. Yeah. That said, this is Pinterest itself. Um, and I created everything from Dubai in that Pinterest thing. And that's all I would look at. And I started obsessing over it. So it became yeah, I became like a, a manifesting that and that whole life. And eventually I was just picked up and left everything and everyone didn't know anyone and just took off. Um, and it was probably the best decision I ever made. Uh, I, I, I loved my life over there. Why, why was it the best decision you've ever made? Well, I experienced things that I never would have been here. I mean, growing up in Western Sydney, they handle disputes. You're throwing punches over there. It's, it's business moves, right? So you start seeing things in a whole different perspective. This is where I started learning. Then you've got, then you think people, you, you see money here and you think it's money. You go over there and instead of making it look like, like I wanted to look all rich. No, it humbled me. It humbled me in a way to, to want to make that money, but didn't need to show it either. Cause yeah, he had guys there that, that didn't even know what, what cabs cost. They gave, they gave a girl once $5,000 for a cab home. He goes, and then she was like, what are you doing? He's like, oh, um, I don't know. How much does it cost? <laughs> and when you start realizing stuff like that, you're like, yo, like that, that's insane. So it, I think it made me more of a man. It made me more business orientated and it, it, it changed a lot of, of how I thought. 
So that whole, the, the silly mentality was out of my head now. And now it was more about, okay, how do you make money? How do you become a businessman? How do you make something of your life? So there was a shift, big shift in your mindset there, like moving over halfway across the world. No, like you said, didn't really know anyone. We have to reestablish your life, make a name for yourself from the start. Mm-hmm. Did you feel like that pushed you to, to, to grow and to level up in ways because like you've been taken out of your comfort zone, all your friends, connections, relationships yeah. and plonked here? Yeah. Oh, it was, it, yeah, it changed everything. It really did. How long did it take you to like fucking like get your feet on the floor properly and start like, you know, making moves and, and making shit happen? Well, look, I started working for a, a British-based club over there and I was the uh, the door manager straight away. Uh, and you don't make very much money uh, at the start. And I, look, obviously before I went over, I did the math and with living expenses and everything, it wasn't going to be enough. So I was like, okay, so I'm going to dip into my savings yep. and I'm going to use that to kind of propel myself to keep going. But by, by the time that ends, then I'm going to have to make it. So in my mind, it was, it was a make or break. Yeah. Right. And then the only thing that was in my mind was the whole Tony Robbins thing when he says, you know, if you, if you want to take the Island, you have to burn the ships. Yes. It's kind of what I did. Burn all my money. I had no option, but, but to succeed. No right? option, but to uh, succeed within three months, I was the highest uh, table booking person there. So my commission started coming in quite a lot. Yeah. Made a name for myself out there. Then I started working for promo companies, started working for Adidas over there, started doing a lot of different jobs, made a name for myself, ended up meeting my business partner. We started together. And once we did, uh, we were also one of the first to start doing the backend Facebook and Instagram uh, marketing Okay. Advertising. Early on. We were the first ones to do it. And you can just imagine the money that was made from that from the start. So we, yeah, we got in, we got in early. And even then, had I known the impact that would have had, I would have started many other businesses (laughs) straight away too. I mean. Like it's easy to say and look at it now. Oh, that was the obvious move. But if you're the first mover, what was it? What triggered you to think, "Hey, we got to fucking really get on this Facebook thing. It's the way to make money." It's the way uh, to it was that, that was that was more my business partner than me mm-hmm. because I was still learning by then, and he was really really good with business. He's got a real 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 smart mind when it came to stuff like that. So he's the one that started on that on that stuff, and then we started learning how to do it and everything. He had that business mind. It was it was. Uh, I was quite impressed. I was, yeah. It was very impressed. I learned a lot from him. So seven years in Dubai, I imagine you have some pretty wild stories. Oh, mate. <laughs> what's like one experience moment, just fucking thing that you have to see to believe? Like what's one thing that stands out as like, fuck, I'll have that memory forever. Oh, I'm scared. I don't know if any of this can um, will ban me from the <laughs> country. Something, the that's, something that's safe for uh, public viewing. We may have to go back to that one because I, I've got about like, 10 memories now and I'm just like, yeah, I yeah. just don't know. Oh, you know what? A big one. I, I know it was a big one when I went on maps, they actually brought it up, but like hanging out with Will Smith. Oh yeah. So we were actually at dinner with Will Smith, got to hang around with him while he was uh, promoting Suicide Squad mm-hmm. um, and chat, talk, hang out, you know, do all kinds of stuff like that. And then eventually we used to bring artists out all the time and we take them out, hang out with them like normal human beings, not just this in a club taking a photo thing. So I guess it was like lots of cool stuff like that. And then you get to meet people from around the world that you just, you just don't know crazy until you've, you've really experienced it. I can't say much, but let me say, uh, I, I've seen some crazy in my life and it's, uh, I love it. So seeing Will Smith, like <clears throat> we're not, what I've realized <laughs> is like people see these like massive celebrities and be like, Oh, they're just like, yeah, whatever. But it's like, every time I've hung out with someone who's like incredibly successful, like best in their field, particularly if they're anything in, doesn't have to be anything in media or performing arts, but like, these people that are that at that level, there's a fucking reason. Like, is there anything you saw about the way he acted, the way he moved that was just like blew you away? Like the charisma that I've seen, like you, you meet charismatic people, but when you see yeah. people like that, 
It's like, wow, there's levels to this shit, right? If you, uh, to meet Will Smith, he is exactly what you think he would be if you were to meet Will Smith. Mm-hmm. Literally at dinner, he was, uh, there, there was a singing performance and then he, uh, he jumped on and started doing some high pitch stuff and had a laugh with people. Uh, everyone was too scared to take photos. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to start. Why he was not? happy to do so. He was having a laugh with everyone. He was pretty much exactly how you'd expect him to be. And that was a really, really good thing. Cause I've met many celebrities in my life that aren't, and yeah. that, that are just real pieces of shit. And then you meet someone with a thousand followers on Instagram who also pisses a shit. So I'm trying to like, I'm sitting there going, I'm really trying to weigh up the options going really like, yeah. Okay. So it, yeah, it was, it was just nice to know that he was that type of person. Mm. And then, yeah, then I met, I hung out with his son at a different time. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I've hung out with just heaps, heaps of different artists, weirdly enough, especially at the formula ones. Oh I've, yeah. I've got a few, actually a few experiences yeah. um, at, at formula one. Uh, I'm, Prince Harry, future. There's wow. been some funny ones. Fucking cool. And what, so that's obviously like this fucking seven year chapter of your life. This whirlwind experience. What motivates you to come home? Was it like lockdowns and stuff or when do you come Oh, there was no motivation before? to come home. COVID made me come okay, home. Yeah. Um, I, I had just started a, a new business on my own. It was a corporate events. And my first client was British American Tobacco. Mm-hmm. Now they're a multi-billion dollar company. So you can imagine the first one that I, that I, <laughs> that I launched was a very, very big event. They made yeah. really, really good money. <clears throat> I reinvested into the business to try and then rebuild it. Went traveling all over the world. And then came back to Australia again. We ended up in Ukraine. This is like, a, I ended up in some weird places. And the second I got back to Dubai, two days later, we were locked down, no help. I'd reinvested the money that I've just lost. I just spent a fortune traveling. And in the event space as well, like there's nothing you can do to. And I had lost almost everything. Um, and you can imagine then I was broken, really, really broken. And my parents had to help me get, get back home. Um, and that was, yeah, from, from all the way up there to, to all the way at the bottom again. That quickly as well, those really high, like those highs to that drop that low really quickly. I know. Yeah. And you've spoken like pretty openly about struggling with anxiety attacks and, and how that affects you physically and what that looks like for yourself. Where was your headspace at that point when you're trying to figure out a way home? That, yeah, that really got to me. That one, that one was a hard one. It was, it was more depression. It was just, imagine having it all and losing it. You know, I mean, look, it happens, but by the time I ended up getting back home and at least I was with the safety of family and in your own country, it was it was, I guess I was down on myself. I didn't go near, I, I couldn't speak to women. I couldn't go near anyone. I couldn't feel, uh, I'm sorry, what's the word? I, I, I couldn't feel good about myself at all. I, ha- I had no, no drive for anything, but the only thing that kept me going was, look, you're a man. You can either sit there and feel sorry for yourself or you can start from the bottom again and work your way back up. And that's exactly what I did. And I had to, I started, I started managing a, a restaurant and starting like that, cleaning tables, doing shit like that, you know, part of it. And I was leading by example. I had no other choice. Um, so, how long did it take to start to get your mental game back back on? Uh, look, it took a while. It yeah. did take a while. It took a it took a good properly. It took a good year or two. I just kind of just worked and worked and worked and worked until the point where I was so worked out I didn't know where I was, mm. and that was the only way I could distract myself. Um, and I had uh, yeah, I had no motivation. I didn't really have any uh, self esteem for a very very long time. And I think that again has played a huge part in my issues that I still have now. Yeah. Um, Cause you think, Oh, TV and this and that and the attention, but it, it's, it's what they see. It's not what you feel. Mm-hmm. So, and then you, it's also becomes a lot more pressure. 
so you're even harder on yourself. So there's <laughs> there's a lot going on in, in your head that people don't know, and it's hard to to manage and. Yeah, I don't know. Well, that's Let's like the, that's the really common misconception with like anytime anyone sees someone living any sort of life that looks like fun or in business or on TV, they think, oh, they've got it all and my life must be yeah. life must be really good and easy. But like I said, like behind the scenes, it's not always like that. Now you start to work, like you said, until you, you didn't really know what the fuck you were doing. Do you have that thing like with like ADHD? Like if you feel like you're not doing enough, you start beating yourself up all the time. Oh, uh, all the time. Like I've realized now that I have a mental capacity where there are times during the day that, cause like I, I start early. So it's like a 5.00 AM I'm training really hard. Then you're working. Then you're doing a whole bunch of stuff by like 12 o'clock. I'm usually back watching some TV to try and nap. And then I start like my second day in a day. That's how it works. But if I'm lying down for too long, even then straight away, I'm already like, you're not doing enough, but I'm drained. I, I, I can't, I can barely talk. I can't even string a sentence together. And then but I'm like, no, I need to be out there doing more, doing more, doing more. And it just becomes a, like a vicious cycle and you can't seem to calm down from it. So it's, it's a constant battle, which is why then I'm always more comfortable alone. Cause I don't want to involve someone in that, in that ridiculous headspace. And that's where I've had so much trouble in relationships. So have, have you done anything in your life, whether it be training, any, any sort of practice routine, like what has helped you kind of get more control of that and feel better, perform better? Like anything that you've changed in your routine, health, diet, training, what, what's, what's kind of helped? My training is the only thing that keeps me alive. I'll tell you that much. The only thing that keeps you, I didn't mean that, that not alive, literally, but not yeah. alive, not literally, but the sane. only thing that keeps me sane is a good yeah, word. Yeah. yeah. Is, is my, I have a very, um, like a military army base style of, of life. You get up, you clean, you tidy, you're straight up, you're stretching. Then I'm straight to the gym, have a big training session, come back, you shower, then you start eating. It's very disciplined, which is why I like, so it, it kind of sets me up and then I can either work and do, do what I need to. Um, but without that, you, you spend one morning not doing that and I'm the completely lost. I'm like a lost kid in a toy store that doesn't know where their parents are and I just crumble. Yeah. So I, I guess I need that, that direction and, and the structure. Yeah. It's interesting. Cause like people, people with ADHD have like a love hate relationship with like routine and structure. Mm -hmm. It really, it can be really helpful and really help you harness all this like amazing energy and creativity and potential you have, but without feeling too controlled and tied down and that you don't have the freedom to live life on your own terms. Exactly. Because you want to be spontaneous as well, which mm. People with ADHD do, they're quite spontaneous. They want to do random stuff. But the problem is you go and do the random stuff and then you're like, oh shit, okay, I need my structure again. Yes. But yeah, then you've got too much structure and then you're like, okay, now I want to go do, do this again. And then you're caught in between. Like right now, okay, I'm going to go to, I want to go to London next week. Then I'm like, but I've got too much to do. I don't think I should because now I need this structure and I've got all this that mm -hmm. I need to do. And then, so like I'm caught in between. So now this leading up from now to then with all, all that I'm doing, I'm stressed and anxious every day. So it's like a, a, a lose-lose battle sometimes. It's, yeah. it's, it's, it's finding balance and that balance is hard to find when, you know, your head's on that space. You had that on your story today that like you've obviously you've just launched a business. I know how much work goes into that. So you've clearly got a lot on your plate. You, you're still out at events and you've got your trip next, next week. What's your go-to move? Like, were you saying, like, do you do, do journaling? Do you all in your head? Do you go to the beach and do some breath work? Like, how do you calm yourself down in those moments where kind of all the stress, stress and pressure are building up? Well, uh, lately, I, yeah, I did start journaling a little bit more. 
That was a good old, Taylor got me into that. Oh yeah. Uh, and that really works, but I don't do it very often. Okay. It's one of those things. I mean, I can't convince myself to do it every day, but when I do it, it does help. Uh, but the walks on the beach, yeah. Going for walks, listening to music, trying to calm myself. Uh, but yeah, the last few weeks, a lot of it's not working as well as it should be. So it's, it's, it's been a bit hard, but I mean, you've got to find ways like today I was, my brain was just going, going, going. And I just finished work and I was like, you know what? Enough. I strapped on one of my things. I went, I went for a run. I just kept running. And because I had so much on my mind, I just kept running and running and running. And it was like, I was on a marathon. There's some and of the best runs you do though. It was the best run I'd been on in, in let's say last year. Mm-hmm. Um, so that worked and it was great. And then, <clears throat> yeah, so I guess that worked. And then I only just finished when I, when I, when I put up that yeah. story and then I had the space to kind of talk about it, but yeah, it's, uh, I guess it's, I don't know. It's, it's hard finding ways. Even talking about it. Do you feel like you felt like a little bit better just talking about it and getting the words out there and like kind of off your shoulders? Yeah. I mean, talking about it always does help. Um, it's, it, it's something I think you need to do, but I mean, I haven't seen my therapist in a while, so I guess, I guess talking to a camera is the best thing I can do at the moment, but, um, it's therapeutic, right? A little bit. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So like, but also like, let's, let's talk about the business because obviously a big part of kind of why your life would have changed recently is all this stuff going on with the business. So you've just launched Moss X daily and the uh, $1 one dream foundation. Yeah. Talk to me about that process. When did it begin? When did you start working on this and, and why, why were you so passionate about CMOS? All right, uh, pucker up because this story will might go, go for a bit. Um, I don't know if anyone's heard of Dr. Sebi, a holistic and uh, natural healing doctor. From he's he's he's, he's quite old. He's dead now. He mentioned he once mentioned um, a natural product that came from the world, a superfood that came from the ocean. About ten years ago, I'd heard about it. Looked into it a little bit. Didn't didn't pay much attention. In the last three four years, I used to hear about it and and all the benefits. And it literally like this this can provide you more benefits than at least 10 products on their own. So you could sit there and buy a whole bunch of products here or go for the one. Then I started doing research into things. And when I'm interested in something, I research it to the, to the <laughs> bone, right? It's one of those things where when I'm stuck on it, I'm stuck. Then realized, okay, this is one of the best products ever to exist. And this is from the ocean. This is from the world, you know, the Natural. nature. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I was like, okay, I really wanted to get this out, but- I didn't think I was in the right headspace to put it together. And then obviously uh, I remember last year I was, I was speaking to a friend of mine. He had the same idea and we were talking about it. We thought this would be a great time. And I had just come off maths. Now that you you had a platform where people are listening to you and you're a face of something. And I was like, okay, there's no better time now to not one, like one to, to introduce them to a product that's, that can change their lives, but just market it the right way too. And, um, th- that's where the, the idea came about, but between that and the, the foundation. So I went looking, so I went looking at all the different products that are available right now. And most of this CMOS is dried out. It's, it's drop shipped from other countries. By the time it gets to you, it goes dead and it loses the vitamins and minerals. And I know, cause we created a video of, I bought at least seven different products from seven different businesses. And we, we put them through the process, put ours through the process and theirs went completely white and started dying. Ours didn't. So I went looking. So my whole process was went looking for the best way to farm it sustainably, the best way for the environment and how I could, I could offer the best form of CMOS in the world. Mm-hmm. And then like I stumbled across these islands from Indonesia to Timor all across here. 
I went over there myself to go and see everything. And they've been farming it for generations, absolutely generations. And they know how to do it. It's sustainable. The water is crystal clear. There's no pollution. It's done perfectly. Then I was like, okay, instead of drop shipping to Australia, how do we set up? How do we do it properly where it's not going to lose the vitamins and the minerals? So we started, we, we figured out, okay, this might be a really, really good idea to help help all the locals as well, employ uh, like hundreds of people. And what if we did it just from there? So they farm it from there. We get it ready right from there. It gets sent directly from there. So it doesn't lose any of the potency at all. So you're shipping it from the origin to the customers or? Straight from there. Really? Straight, no drop shipping, no nothing. It is literally the purest form of CMOS that you can get on the market. And I can say that with certainty because I've tested it at all. That's why I was over there for a while. How long, how long were you over there? Like what, how long's that process? Cause it doesn't, it doesn't sound simple what you've done. Like you've done a lot of research. You've not, you know, found a, you know, yep. off the shelf manufacturer slapped your logo on it. Yeah. How long's this process to like figure this shit out before you can start like getting ready to work up to some sort of a launch? Yeah. Well, I, I was over there for the first time I went over there was quite brief. Second time was there for about 11 days straight. This was just before the launch. And we ended up, uh, we ended up seeing it for ourselves. I mean, I, I was, I was picking it up out of the ground myself and eating it straight raw, yeah. just like that. Um, and we learned the process and how they've been doing it. And then we started testing. Yeah. Just testing everything. It was, it was a longer process to figure out how to do it right. Yeah. Our, my whole purpose with introducing CMOS was not only is it just CMOS and it's so good for you and I can list uh, God knows how many benefits, but I wanted to show people and we've got the videos now we're going to, we're going to show that it's the purest form and the most sustainable that you'll ever see on the market. And that, that, that took us a while. So but, with CMOS, obviously you don't have to list all of them, but like for, for me, I'm not educating the CMOS. What's okay. a couple of the, what's a couple of the benefits from, from, from taking it? Okay. So between you and me and we talk about ADHD. Okay. I don't take any medication. I never have for it. Cause it makes me anxious. Yeah. Okay. Laser focus. Wow. There was one time over there before we launched, we worked three days straight uh, and I hadn't even seen sunlight. So we didn't move. One day we did 24 hours straight. I'm, I'm not lying and I can't sit still. Right. So laser focus and extreme energy without crash. Now, if you don't believe me, I can't wait to give it to you. Yeah, that's fucking hectic. I can't, I can't wait, wait to give it to you because you'll feel it straight away. And wow. we took, we took like, I mean, raw, raw. Mm. So we just blended it just a little bit with yeah. water and we were hocking it down like that. And it's, it's fine. You can finally laser focus without being completely distracted by outside thoughts. Mm. And I loved it. That's what made me first fall in love with it and their natural energy. So I take it as a pre-workout. Yeah. But then between your hair, skin and nails, what it does for your skin is insane. You can actually smear it across your face. Wow. Um, gut health, immunity. I haven't been sick since I started taking it. It's been over a year ago. So from immunity to, yeah, to gut health, to all these other things. And then you've got upping the libido, You've got, okay, here's another one. So I was trialing over the last year, I was trialing a lot of other CMOS uh, products, did nothing for sleep. But over there, they kept telling me it regulates your sleep. It's really, really good for sleep. And I go, well, there's no studies for that, right? And mm. I can admit we, we haven't found studies for that. They go, keep trying this one, you'll see. I'd fall asleep, I'd nap at 6 p.m., wake up at 9 p.m. And you're like, shit, okay, I'm not going to sleep again. Then fall asleep again at 10.30 p.m., and this is a whole family telling me it changed all of their sleeping patterns. And then they're like, we told you. And then I was just, <laughs> I was like, okay, it really does. It, it, it regulates the sleep as well. 
and then you take it as a pre-workout, then it's got so much magnesium, potassium. It's, it's, it's insane. And the biggest thing is it's got about per serving in the, in the jar, it's got about 95 plus vitamins and minerals and your body contains 102. So if you look at that now, which is why we did it our way. So if the vitamins and minerals stay that way and doesn't die out with drop shipping. And by the time it actually gets to right you from, out stored. Yeah. 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 And so like, I understand all that. How do you logistically set up a system to then be able to facilitate sending it straight from the locals, straight from, you know, it's taken straight out, put into the form and then shipped off. Is yeah. that, is that something they had set up or did you have to do some work to kind of no, enable that to, to, to work? A bit of both. So they've got their own processes of doing it. They've been doing it for generations, mm-hmm. right? But we had to then obviously implement something that was a little bit more productive to introduce them. So we are the bridge between them and the world now. Mm. So we, we set up a, like a factory, right? We, we sent in a whole bunch of equipment, equipment they've never seen before, obviously. Um, and we started doing it straight fresh. So what they do is they, we bring it in when they soak it, even our coconut one, what they've done now, this is the best thing. So the coconut one's actually not soaked in water. It's soaked in fresh coconut that they, they chop open themselves. Now, instead of using, I'm talking massive machinery, you're hiring hundreds of people now that have jobs and they're, they're ecstatic. So they're, they're, they're soaking it in pure coconut water. And then we do it like that. They actually completely put it together. They put it in the tins. We seal it. They put it like that. Then it's literally sent from there to Darwin. And then it goes, cause from wow. Darwin it gets shipped out and it's only, it's only above. That's a, that's a 45 minute flight, hour flight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's how it's, that's how it's done. And it's done perfectly. And that's kind of how the foundation started as well. Now that's sick. Cause like, that's not easy to do. So you're not going to have a lot of, co- like someone in the e-com <clears throat> competition is going to be crazy, but that's not easy to replicate. You know well, I mean? look at this rate, you, you, you pretty much can't. I yeah. mean, I mean, eventually you probably could, but I mean, how are you going to do that? And, and look, I'm not stupid. It, it, when, when you do something like this and you're going to provide a service this good, it's, it's, we went over there and secured the governments that no one else is allowed to touch the farms other than us. That's fucking really Also smart, because yeah. we do not want anyone to come over there and, and harm the, the ecosystem the yeah. because they know what they're doing. It's an 80, 20 policy. So they take 80% of the CMOS, they leave 20%, that 20% then triples in growth. And it's insane the way it works perfectly. So we wanted to make sure that it's not, not played with at all. I don't want that. You know, we wanted to do it. I, I wanted to tick every box mm. and I never thought I'd be able to do that the way that it fell into place, but we have, and it's, it's just been a whole beautiful process in the meantime. So talk to me about the foundation. How does that work? Okay. Well, apart from doing it there, the whole reason of like doing it there is they're really poor on most islands where they're farming it. They live in huts. And when I'm in huts, huts, they've got nothing. Yet every time we'd go there, they'd go catch fresh fish, they'd cook you lunch, they'd do everything. And what what really made me want to start it was there was an elderly man. Because when we were driving through the streets, you used to see young kids with fresh fish or a, a bag of lollies or used clothes. And they'd be sitting there on the side of the road. And they used to tell me, so kids from the age of four to like seven, eight years old will stand there all day. Um, to sell that to anyone who'll buy it for a dollar. That one dollar could feed their whole family for that day. One dollar, one dream. Wow. That's how it started. Then with the whole CMOS thing, do you know how many people we can actually employ now to do this? Now they've been doing it for generations, they, they, but I was there when it was being translated to them that we are now their bridge to, to what they've been doing for generations to bring it to the world. 
and the chief of a tribe, one of the tribes, they, they started getting all emotional. And at that point I had realized this wasn't, this isn't a business. This is a responsibility now to change a life. Mm. So this is how so it much better to do it that way. It means so much more. Mm. So this is the motivation behind it. I can never quit. And now I can never fail. Not because I want to be this big time, but I can't fail them. Mm. You can't sit there and watch how emotional they get and not now need to help. And they're already talking about, okay, so when they farm, they're going to bring in all their family from different poor, poor places. And they'll start bringing in their families. They build bigger, bigger places for them to live. And now they get to, they all get to have a purpose. Now we've given them purpose as well. And it's beautiful because they enjoy doing this type of stuff. So it like, I couldn't have, well, I had a dream and it was not as good as this. <laughs> if I can put it like yeah, that. Yeah. yeah. I love that, man. I love that. Like it just gives you, cause like business you have up and downs and like the motivation can, particularly with someone with ADHD, if you're just doing it to make money and you're sitting in front of a screen, how many fucking, you know, bottles of this can I sell in a day? It's really easy to, to, to lose like the real internal motivation. Yes. When you yeah. can tie it to something like that. And so how does it work? Like $1 from every, so how does it come in a, in a, in a bottle? Like how, how do you, how do you, it comes in an aluminum tin Yeah, and they're really well designed. I love these things. They look beautiful. I remember seeing the first tin and I was, I was almost yes. emotional. I was just like, this is my baby. It yeah. looks amazing. Every other, every other company has always done the, like a glass jar with a simple lid. Mm -hmm. And I was like, okay, I, I need to be different. I wanted yeah, to do yeah. different. So I had ideas and we put it together looks amazing. And I was like, perfect. Perfect. So, so when you're taking it, walk me through it, is it like a scoop into water? Is it? A so it comes, it'll come as like a paste, like a gel, okay. right? It's a gel. So what you can do with it. So what we do, so you just get a spoon mm -hmm. straight into the mouth, right? Or you can take it into a shake. Uh, some people just put it in water and then, and, and, you know, stir it like that. Or there's a million recipes that you can use it with in your, in your cooking because yeah. it thickens stuff up as well. So there's so many different ways to use it. It's, it's perfect. And I can't say too much, but I've got phase two of this product coming out and it's a, another easy way to take it. Okay. So I won't say yeah, too much, yeah. but, uh, I gotcha. I gotcha. Yep. So in, in terms of your vision for like why, why this works so well, cause there's, there's two stages. There's you're employing everyone over there. Mm -hmm. They're getting paid and making money that way, doing what they love, looking after the environment, yep. you know, bringing their relatives and friends and family from other poor areas. Yeah. So there's that benefit. But then there's also a dollar from every, every, every like jar you sell, every, um, like yes. you sell goes directly to the $1 on Dream Foundation. Yes. So every single dollar, every, from every purchase that someone, someone actually purchases from the site goes directly into, into this foundation. Um, so everyone's contributing. Um, and it's beautiful because at least everyone gets to help as well. Mm. Um, and we, while we were over there, we, we ended up buying a truckload of, um, of food and we went to, we went to a, a little village over there and it was, it's been riddled with uh, civil war. So it was a lot of the, the guys that survived it and we took it over there. And when we went there, they, they did traditional dances and they were sitting there, they prepared food for us and like they, they, they'll give you whatever the hell they have. And it was beautiful. It was such an experience. And they treated me like I was royalty. Mm. And then we sat there and we had a laptop and we had all this technology showing them some of the content we had filmed and I've got photos and you can just see them in absolute shock. And we took them the tins of what it looks like. So what you've been doing for generations, it's now going in this, this is how it's going to look when we release it to the world, when we're showing them the videos and they're just sitting there like, and then, and then they're, they're, they're saying to another one saying, you're giving us hope that we never thought we would ever have in our lives. So when you sit there, I'm sitting there getting emotional going like, uh, what do you, what do you say to that? Just like, I, 
I won't, I won't quit on you. That's all I can say is I will not quit on you. That's the best, man. I love hearing stories like that. I love hearing stories like that, like genuine impact. Like everyone talks about, oh, I want to start a business, you know, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Most of the time it's, they're full of shit. They want to make money and have a nice little PR line. But when it truly is having impact. Yeah. And like you can see and speak to the the people that it's helping. Yeah, I know. For some people, like they may hear the story and still try and hate. Oh, on some what, people will hunt on hate on what I'm saying. But when I tell you for the PR, blah, yeah. blah, blah, or when I tell you when I was there and I've seen it and I like I've got the videos and stuff. But when I saw it, it breaks your heart, but it, it gives you it, it gives you this motivation. Like they are such beautiful people as well, mm. and they're happy. They're happy with what they have. So anything extra they get is is such a huge thing. So. It, it, it's a mission now. You can't, you can't see that. You can't see that firsthand and then not want to, not want to do so much more. And now I've already got a lot of friends, a lot of family that are like, next time you go and do work like that, can we come, can we come experience? And then and I'm like, yes, I'd love to start taking many people over mm. so they can see for themselves that this isn't a, this isn't a stunt. I want you to see how, how beautiful these people are. Then I want you to see exactly how much you're helping um, and it's, 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 it, it, it couldn't have worked. It couldn't have worked so, so well, even if I tried, Legit, it kind of yeah. just, it, it kind of fell into place just, yeah, perfectly. And isn't it crazy how you said like the, the people that have the least are happy to give you the most, like they'll give you everything, you know what I mean? And I'm talking like a smorgasbord of food and, 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 and you know, it's not the biggest food. It's not the craziest, but they'll give you everything they have. Yeah. They'll give you the shirt off your, off your back and you're just sitting there like, <laughs> The appreciation that goes into that, it's, it's, it's different. It's, I think we're so comfortable living in the lives that we live yet. They're so much happier than we are. Puts things into perspective. Just seeing there, like that experience, I can already hear it in your voice. Like that, you can't go through that and see that and it not change you. No, I, I, it, it, <laughs> yeah, it, it rocked me. It mm. rocked me in such a beautiful way. It really did change me. And now it's, it's, it's become real personal, real personal to make this work. So like more on the business side of it, it's been over a year, that whole journey of testing, trialing, getting onto all that stuff. What do you think has been the biggest challenge you've had to overcome in, in that launch phase? Because a lot of people starting a business, they'll get hit with a challenge and they'll try and fix it once and they'll try and fix it twice and they just give up because they couldn't figure it out. Honest truth? Wi-Fi. Yeah. Do you know how long no. it took us to launch because of the Wi-Fi on a, in a third world country? That was the biggest thing. Wow. We couldn't, we couldn't get the main video up because uh, all, all the files were too big. We couldn't make the videos because the files were too big. Everything took too long. We're not sleeping. We're trying to get stuff done. It, it was madness. Um, and that's where there's a video. When I, when, I pressed, when I pressed the post for that first video to go up to say that we are live, I got emotional. I was. I was full emotional and it was just insane. And mind you, I pressed post and it also took forever to actually still upload. Um, so it was, it was, it was really insane. It was. Did you record that moment of you doing that? I did. I did. Oh, but that yeah. one, that one, we were like, we're going to keep that one. Keep that one. Yeah. That oh, you never know. Maybe one year in you like, cause that you, we were like that content is like, like yeah. gold. Yeah, but like, I it's was, not, it's not about like, oh, let, how can we leverage everything? Yeah. But I'm just glad even for yourself, if it never goes public. I'm glad you captured that moment. Yeah, we ha I had to. I had yeah. to. That, that one was a was a really big moment for me. So, yeah. like logistically, obviously, in order to have as much impact as you can, you've got to grow and and scale the business and and, mm -hmm. and impact as many people with the products themselves. And then, obviously, the more you sell, the more it's going to help yep. this community. Now, 
from you got you got your your platform. I'm sure I'm sure you got a lot of relationships that you can help leverage to raise awareness and get mm-hmm. people. Like, what's the plan moving forward? How do you, you and is it one business partner or is there a couple of you? No, it's just me. Oh, it's just, just you. Just me. It was just me and a silent partner that helped me okay. put it together. Okay. So it's this is why when, when I say like it's hard to keep my brain in check, it's because mm. there's so much to do, um, and I have to sign off on everything and and all of that. Now, don't get me wrong. Now. As it starts building up, obviously you'll have a team behind. I've got a team kind of working over there doing, doing bits and pieces, but you've got, yeah, I'll have agencies that are going to jump in for now and they're going to help out doing all of that. Um, but the next step now is I've had loyal followers ever since I got off maps that have had my back from day one. So I was like, instead of going down the path and which is the same path as, path as everyone of uh, hitting influencers. I was like, why don't I reward these people, the everyday people that have had my back from, from mothers from Perth to, to some young people in uh, New Zealand or something like that. So I went live and just said, guys, you know what? I want to give back to you. <laughs> I made this, this is a little bit of a mistake, but I was like, send me your postal addresses and your emails. Didn't set up any Google links or nothing. Just went <laughs> and send it to me. It's straight in the DMS. Do you know how long it took for me to not only find them, write them down, reply. Cause I wanted, I also wanted to be personable. Um, and then call in every favor. There are some influencer, obviously people that I've helped with their businesses and sure. everyone else, but it took forever. And I'm pretty sure I've still missed some. Cause you've got your, you got your inbox. Then you got the, the other inbox. Then you've got the hidden that you forget about. And then, and then I was just like, yeah. Oh man, it took forever. But I'm glad I did it that way because I got to speak to everyone firsthand as well, which is what mm. I wanted. So that gets sent out. The only thing that, that took an issue that became a thing was uh, sending it out. So I think it gets sent out tomorrow finally. So how does that work? They send it to Darwin from Darwin to everywhere across Australia or are you going worldwide from the start? It's worldwide from the start. Um, we, our giveaways are only going to be Australia and New Zealand. That was the giveaways are, are wrong. And London, obviously there's a few people in London um, that are going to receive it and my orders. Cause I'm going to go over there. Um, cause I got some wholesalers that want to talk about it. So, but it's, it, but it's available from everyone from everywhere. So what's the vision? Like, it seems like it's not a two year thing. It's long-term project. Look, you, right? we, there's going to be many products related to it that I want to bring out. I want it to become worldwide. I would love to see everyone possible on CMOS only because of the benefits it has and to stop wasting money on so many different other things because of what it can do for you. Well, from what you told me, I'm keen. I, I guarantee you, Garrett, like, this is what I'm saying, especially with our stuff, I guarantee you will feel the effects. Yeah. Um, and uh, uh, yeah, and the next is just going to be, you know, everyone talking about it, testimonials. We've got a lot of activations being planned, uh, a lot of international stuff. I'm taking it over to Israel, weirdly enough, soon, because I've got a, I've got a thing there. Um, but there's a few places I want to take it to that the UAE is going to be a real, real big sure. one that I want to, I want to take it to. So it's, it's now just ensuring that we prove one, that it is the purest form of CMOS out there. And then two, making sure that everyone's on it because what, what people don't realize is the million people buy it. Okay. Let's just say you put the money together, how much money that goes into the, the, the foundation as well. That's going to give us the ammunition then to, to turn huts into proper houses. Like I, like what we were said when we were walking through the, the sections of these huts, we said one day we're going to come back and see all them and their family living together now because they're spread out across all different islands, living together, farming and living a, a better life. And if I can go there and see that, then I, I can say that's a life's purpose. Mm. 
Um, and you don't, it's just, I, I dream about this every day. I don't sleep. I, I wake up in the middle of the night and I think CMOS and I think the foundation and it, it's, it's, it's just stuck on there. So like I, there's a lot that needs to be done and it's, it's going to be a very, very long-term thing, but I'm, uh, I'm all in. So it's exciting. Like, <clears throat> and when I, and obviously I think it's great. Obviously everyone leverage any opportunity you have, but like, it's not like you've just whipped your name on a booty band. Like, so you know what I mean? Like you, you, yeah, you've no. done it the hard way. So there's a lot of, like, I put a lot of respect on you for doing that, but thank you. I'm, I'm keen to, 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 to try it, to see how this goes, but we can't talk about, Brent's story without talking about maths, right? It's just people, there'll be people that follow you that want to know, you know what I mean? I know yeah, you spoke yeah, about it, but yeah. just like um, uh, a couple of things I'm interested in. So it's like you get back to Australia, it's all that lockdown period. Obviously it's like, what else are you doing in lockdown? It's kind of fun. How does that whole thing come about? Does, you know, I've had people message me, hey, come apply for this show. Does someone message you? Does a friend tell you? How do you, you know, how does Married at First Sight get on your radar? Okay, so I... um we were in lockdown at the time, but me living in Bondi, we were allowed to walk around. So okay, yeah. we were compared pretty, to the Western Sydney, compared to Western Sydney, yeah, yeah. So like you know, we were quite fortunate. So I, in the space of one month, <coughs> got hit up by four different TV shows to enter, and I was just like, okay, I don't know what's happened, um, but um, I'm yeah, yeah, okay, cool. So um, I went through a few different shows. I had a look, didn't know which one, and I was like, you know, married at first sight. So what I started doing is when I went through the process of the Zoom calling all the producers, I started watching it. I've never watched it in my life. So I started watching it and it must've made an impact because I was live Zooming. These are the head producers giving my feedback and I'm taking the absolute fucking piss out of what I'm seeing. <laughs> they're pissing themselves laughing. I'm going, this is bullshit. Like this can't be real, blah, 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 blah. And then near the end, I pulled out. So I can't do this. Cause you can either, you could be a villain, you could be, you hated, you this, edit, this, man, that. yeah, whatever. but not just that. Look, I, I always knew I'd always be myself. I didn't care about being someone else. I was never going to do that. But then I, I, I kind of just went, no, no, I don't think I can do it. And my best mate was like, you were built for something like this. The person you are, the, the personality you have, like you're going to be loved. Just go and do it. Try to experience it. Mm. And you look, we're in lockdown. We're not dating anyway. What's the worst that could happen? So I was like, all right, look, I'll give it a crack. And then a week I was about to be picked up and be sent away because they hide you away for a little bit. And then they're like, the girl that we had for you has been pulled out. We're going to try and find the replacement. So I was like, okay, shit, it's not going to happen. And then like, we found the replacement, get ready tomorrow. We're coming to get you. I was like, um, how do you pack your life up in a, in a, in a, in a day? I was like, uh, yeah, sure. And that was it. And so then your, your best mates, like you're going to be perfect. What are your parents thinking? Were you able to tell them what you might be doing and, yeah, look, look, I'm, I'm, I'm very close to my parents, so I'm open. They watch it all the time. So they were the ones that were worried. And I just said to them, I go, look, I'm not on there to, to they're like, don't go on there and try and cheat and try and be that person. I was like, one, I ain't no cheater. I went two, I'm not going on there for, to, to put on a facade or act like I'm anything else. I'm the same guy that's going to take the piss, have a laugh, enjoy some things, stick up for myself and just stick to that. And that's what I did the whole way through. I literally did the, that exact same thing and just stuck to it. And it seemed to. Well, you seem pretty well loved from people. Like you don't seem like from the research I did, I didn't, I don't get to watch that much TV with, with my schedule, but usually when you, when, you know, I do a bit of my research for anyone that's been on like the bachelor or maths, like there's a, like a, 
there's a very mixed thing for you. It seemed like mainly all positive response. What do you put that down to? It pretty much was, you know what it was? I think, I think in some situations it, it was about respect. It's about showing respect in certain situations. Um, I think, I think it worked out because I, I, I stuck up for you everyday workers. Cause it was a big thing about what I did for work and what, what she was judging me for. And I was like, you know, a, a job's a job. I mean, we, you have to respect any person trying to make a living. All right. Cause I know I've been up there and then I've been down there. You have to respect the living no matter what. Um, so I think it, that was a real big part. And I know that because when I had finally done the end, um, the, the final vows through the cards and walked off, the next day I was walking through Bondi and I had tradies uh, driving past me, cheering out the windows. Then I was in Bondi Junction. I'm walking out my headphones in. I can hear screaming, can hear screaming. And I'm going, I'm looking around. There's a building site. I take my headphones off. There must've been all Western Sydney boys, all cheering. There would have been about 20 of them on different levels, all cheering. And I've gone, okay, shit. I was like, this is insane. It's mental. And like all boys as well. Like you wouldn't expect you go on that show. It's good. You think obviously you get the attention of the girls, but to have like the guys having you back, usually it's like the guys want to drag you down and, and be haters. And yeah, no, I, I, I got respect from, from every gender, from every, every aspect. And it, it was really heartfelt. It was, it was, it was good. It what was, was nice. your thing? Fuck. Like I saw it, like you, you got, like you started this fucking catchphrase that caught on from, from your vows. Like, what is it? Good luck and good riddance. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. a bit of a nightmare match from what I read and heard doing my research, right? Yeah, it's look. not meant for each other. Definitely, look, definitely not meant for each other. I don't really have bad words for her. I think her way of thinking is definitely wrong. Um, very, very pretentious. Okay, cool. Cool if we're not, we're not supposed to be together, but there are certain ways to handle things. Yeah. I also sympathize, I won't say sympathize, I empathize because she gets anxiety too. And I think in some situations she just doesn't know how to handle it. So she lashes out. And I, I can say that with thing. I, I guess that's that's how it is. But then it's not until you get really rude and and really disrespectful that I'm like, okay, well, if you're going to do that, I'm better at it. <laughs> yeah, not, not to be disrespectful, but if you're going to play a game, then I'm going to buy it back, and I'll and I'll be strategic in how I do it. Because like even at the start, like the, the first wedding bit was more like, you know, her trying to put it on me, acting or all, all thing. And I like I remember took her to the side. This was off camera, and I said, hey, like, look, we're going to be together about two, three months, pretty much every day. I was like, we can either, like, I go, I'm a pretty fun guy. Like we can either get along and like, just try and go through it. I go, or we can go to war and you can play your nitty, like nitty witty little games. I go, but like, I'm better at them than you. So let's just try and get Why along. Why was she off you from the start? What was the motivation? Um, oh, because she thought when I said, when, when I said I worked in hospitality that I was just into clubs and I was a big party boy. And I was like, well, okay. But if you knew the back end. And I remember the producers going, are you going to tell her how big you were in Dubai? And I went, no. They go, why not? I go, because if she's going to judge me on just that alone, then I don't need to tell her. And I knew, I knew for a fact that they were going to play a big part in the show in showing what my life was like then. So it was going to backfire on her either way. So at the wedding party, like me and my, me and my best man, we didn't say anything, but we're looking at each other going, like this and, and saying things for her to bury us. So she was <laughs> talking about retail workers and stuff like that. And I'm just oh, like, so she's full, like going at people. She was, she was talking down at them. And I'm, and I'm like, you, I'm like, do you realize what you're saying right now? Like, you know what I mean? I'm like, also, like, so no edit needed with this one. You didn't <laughs> you know need I mean? to. And I was like, so I remember asking the question, do you, um, like, would you not like me if I worked in a toy store? She goes, well, I don't think you'd have any ambition. Don't think much of it. And I was just like, okay, that's, um, 
decent. I go, okay. And it just, it kept kind of going from there. So uh, I don't know. I was, I was really drunk that night anyway. So yeah. I just, I had a lot of fun with it, but it was, yeah. I mean, we, were, we had a lot of ups and downs. I feel like as well, growing up in Western Sydney, like being exposed to, you know, people like going to school with like people that, or I actually, when you're a kid, you don't really realize I've been close with like my year advisor from school. Still we catch up. I'm like, I didn't realize at the time cause you're a kid and you're kind of naive, but like I went to a public school and it's like, apparently there's some ridiculous stat. It's like something like 30 something percent of the kids at the school can't afford three meals a day in Australia. Like it's like being surrounded by all that, it kind of gives you a bit of perspective. And I feel like yeah. sometimes if you haven't seen that, it's easy to be judgmental. But if you've like, like the people in it, like Indonesia and the islands and stuff, once you meet them, you see them, you realize like, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. not about how much money they have in the bank. Yeah. It changes the whole perspective. Work. Yeah. But not just that. Like I grew around, I, I grew up around some like real tough guys. So I was, I was taught respect. It's all about respect in the way you speak to someone, in the way that you address things, it's about respect. Where we're from, you disrespect someone, you, you got a <laughs> smack in the head. Do you know what exactly, I mean? Yeah. But it goes, it goes the same both ways. So I, I'll always, I'll always be respectful as long as, you know, I'm shown respect. Mm. So I think that's where it lacked there. There was just a lack of respect in, in how we were communicating yeah. uh, specifically with her to me. So it was. Well, like, I don't know if I'm bar or so, but like how we were speaking, like you've got your own shit. Like there's obviously reasons why probably she's acting out in that way and things that in her personal life that she needs to overcome and, you know, move past that as a person. And you got, hopefully the, she gets to that part of her journey and, you know. Yeah. You got to understand that too. And I know she got, she was going through some really bad, like anxious times. And there was a time that she, she released these messages, but there was one time she wanted to leave before the, the, the last ceremony. And she was just like, yeah, see, I dumped Brent first. And I'm like, okay, that's cool. But it also shows, well, you know what I was saying in the messages? I go, listen, babe, like, if you want to go, I'll go with you. I won't, I won't, I, I, the specific words were, I won't play victim. I won't, I won't do anything. If you want to go, let's go together. We'll do it together and we'll, and we'll leave. I don't mind. It's up to you. I'll, I'll, I'll go with what you want. I was trying to be a gentleman and she released those messages. I'm like, I don't, I don't know if you're trying to make me look bad or, or better. That's going to make you look better if anything. I, I was like, like okay, but um, yeah. Uh, <laughs> It is, you know, it is. you have to just understand some people go through things a little bit different. So I tried to, uh, at the time it was a bit hard, but you know, what do you feel like was like the biggest learning or lesson that you got from that whole experience? Patience, patience, um, patience with dealing with someone that you don't really want to deal with, trying to film, trying to keep it together. You learn patience and you really got to learn what society expects of you because if you've seen the the history of maths the only people that used to blow up on social media were the villains our one all of a sudden it was only the people that were cast as the good people were the ones that blew up and we blew up bigger than any other person or has in the history of maths so it showed a different dynamic after that which was probably a bit better to see for sure um that that yeah, the nice people were winning a bit more. It wasn't just because we were just nice and boring. It was nice and we stand out for ourselves and we know how to do it. Of course, yeah. So I guess it was just, a, I think respect is starting to win more than just putting on a show. Well, it's like a, kind of restores a little bit of faith in humanity as well that, you know, there's a, a shift of people are realizing that like, you know, like, because it's obvious the, the ones that go on it just for the drama, just to get as much TV time as they can. Yeah. And it's like, People are starting to see through that shit with everything going on in the world. People are wising up to like the bullshit and the fakeness. You know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. So it's like going off the show. Obviously, you got a big, you got a big following, like a, lo a loyal bit of a cult following. Then, 
being in the public eye and, and starting to, like you said, falling for someone and having relationships, is it harder now that you're in, you know, the public eye to, ha- to try and have a relationship with someone? Does it, do you feel like it puts more pressure on it or has yeah. it not affected you? How do you, how, how do no, you- it's much harder now to try and have a relationship when, when the eyes are always on you. Mm. I mean, cause if you're together, everyone knows if you break up, articles go out. Um, then people put up articles, making stuff up. And it, it really starts playing with your emotional and, 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 and mental, you know, thoughts. And it's, it's, it makes it real hard. So it's not easy to be with someone like me either. And I, I kind of like having that private, but at some point you just can't. Can't, no. Um, so it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's has difficulties. It's an adjustment sure. period for yourself, right? To like, it's, it's crazy for people that do a reality TV show, particularly right after for that first year, it's like, you know, usually when people get some element of like fame or notoriety, like it's been a bit of a gradual process, but it's literally you applied for the show for whatever reason, you come off, you, you like you film it. And then however many months later it goes on TV and it's like, you're walking down the street the next day and your life's different. Yeah. Like how the fuck do you adjust to that so quickly? Exactly. That's the, that's the weirdness of it. It's just insane. Mm. Um, and I'm still dealing with it, I guess. For sure. Yeah. And, and another thing I want to talk to you about was your fight. Um, I know you like, you're, you're beginner, you're training, you've done martial arts before. Mm-hmm. Losing by, by one point, did that, being such a competitive person, did that burn you a little bit after or did you just, how did you You know, the, the loss, the loss didn't, didn't burn me at all because I had such great support. What burned me was if you had seen me sparring before and how good I could fight and then when you're in that, in that ring, the anxiety and everything, and I lost, I, it turned into a street fight. And when, you, when I watched the fight again, I'm like, what are you doing? This is not how you fight. And I, I, I completely lost it. So that's the only thing that really bothered me. And of course I would mean him, like we were shaking hands and hugging after it was all good. Yeah, there's always respect, but it was more disappointment in myself that by the time I was finally in there, my mind, my mind lost. Mm. You, do you know what I mean? And, and I, I, I watched back and it was embarrassing to watch. I go, if, if I had sparred him the way I usually spar now in boxing, I would have killed him. Mm. It's hard to know how you're going to react in that moment. Like my mate did a corporate fighting many years ago. And like, he was the same thing. Like, I think he just lost his fight as well. And he was like, the reason he was so disappointed because like you get, you get when that, like, um, like people think you're scared, but it's your body dumping adrenaline into your body and, and adrenaline can be a superpower, but if you don't know how to channel it, it's like, holy shit. And I didn't. And you'll, you'll burn out so much quicker. Like your arms will feel like jelly. Yeah. I was slower. I yeah. was, and then I, but <laughs> That's what I mean. And then, but inspiring, you should say like, I, I, I'm cocky. I can move around. You're sitting there, you're having a laugh. I can land hits on you. It was, it was perfect. And then you got in there and I lost it all. I literally lost it all. And it was, that's the only disappointing part. The loss you can take. Loss you can take. As long as you know, you put in your, your, your full effort, loss you can take. It, it didn't really, it wasn't a big thing, but it was the fact that I didn't perform, which was what got to me. To the level you know you could. Yes. That's the only thing I was disappointed in. Do you have any itch to do another fight down the line? Like another charity thing? Yeah. Yeah. Look, we, we've definitely spoken about it many, many times. Um, there's the last two fights they've put on that they've wanted me to, to, to go in. One time I was injured. Another one. I, um, trying to do this business. And right now, unfortunately, this business is more important. For sure. Um, so I don't know. And just before I had left to go and launch the business, I had had just kind of broken my hand. It's still a big well, lump yeah, here. Yeah, it's still so swollen. Yeah, so if I push this knuckle down, it raises up. Oof. So there's something really wrong with my hand, hence why I shook everyone's hand with <laughs> this hand here. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that looks like it's uh, going to put me out for a little bit more. A little bit of time. Um, yeah, so there could be down the line, but for now, I like I said, I've got a real – intense purpose right now. And when I'm training for a boxing match, it, it takes too much time out of, sure. 
I don't think, I don't think I can got to be fully committed for that thing. You know what I mean? Otherwise fully. it's like, cause like you said, as long as you've prepared, then you can cop any loss. But it's like, only time I feel like there'd be a regret in that situation is when you know you didn't give it all in the preparation. Yeah, then yeah, there's, yeah. Then there's yeah. nothing you can do. You get there on the night, you're fucked. Exactly, exactly. So I, I, I would want to have everything I have into it, and I can't do that right now. So I don't think it's really going to be on the cards. Not this year, anyway. Yeah, yeah. Maybe next year when things quiet down, have a bigger team, mm -hmm. I can kind of you know uh, give out some of the some of the the work to other people. Yeah, yeah. and yeah. then then maybe I can focus on doing that again. Yeah. Another dream of yours, which I found interesting as well. Another, another thing we have similar. Um, I know you, I don't know if it's, you know, in your plans, obviously you've got a big purpose, but you've had a passion and a bit of a dream for acting. Yes. Is that something you think you'll, you'll, you'll chase one day? Obviously you got you the look, the platform to be able to walk into, I'm sure a number of TV shows if you chose to. I am waiting for this to be completely up and running, which is Moss X Daily. Once it is, I'll go straight back into acting. Um, yes, I will continue it. I've done some short films, which were which Sick. was on my page, and um, I got the, I, I've done some some good reels and stuff like that. So by next year, I want to go full blown into it. Oh yeah, man, full you, you blown into with it. Les, right? I did. I think Les is Les Shantery is going to be one of the best coaches, and like he's one of those people that talks. And I listen to every single 100%. word that comes out of his mouth. Most people talk and I just, I, I tune out, but it's just his way of teaching was just brilliant. He's, he's fucking, I, I, I did acting for five years. Had like, I, I lived that life. I trained in many different places, mm -hmm. but the way Les teaches and simplifies things and the way he understands the psychology behind it. It's brilliant. He's isn't a it? freak, man. He is so fucking good. Yeah. He and he's is. starting to like, from, from, from social media, he's starting to really have an impact in the States as well. Like he re released his book this year, last year. That was really yeah, successful. Yeah, it, was, it, was early, it was early this year, wasn't it? Not too long ago. Sometime yeah, in the last yeah, 12 yeah, months. Yeah. And that went, that went nuts. Yeah. Nuts, man. Like I, I've, I've bought the book. I haven't read it because I haven't acted for, for, for many years, but yeah. I'm, I'm going to support Les for sure. But I can only imagine like it's everything that he used to teach and break down. So it's like, yeah. Smart guy. Cause he's learned, he's learned how to, how to make it simplistic, but he's, he just, he knows how to put it into your brain the easiest way possible. So it makes perfect sense. Mm -hmm. And he can even make an analogy out of acting and, and it makes perfect sense. Everything he says seems to make perfect sense. Yes. Um, which is always worrying. He could become a cult leader really easily if he wanted to, <laughs> like it's, it's, the way he can talk. A hundred percent. And it's because obviously like a life in performing arts, plus his deep understanding of human behavior and psychology. Mm. He's one of those people. He's not, He's not a loud speaker. He's not like, you know, doesn't grab everyone's attention by being the loudest person in the room. Some people have that quality. And even if they speak quietly, you're like, sit forward and listen. And like yeah. every word he says, you want to fucking write down yes. and remember it and implement it. Yes. How do who put you on to Les? How'd you find him? Oh, shit, that's a good question. I think a friend of mine, um, a friend of mine had been with him. Who's done, who's doing really well on acting at the moment. Mm. Josh Houston. Yeah. He mentioned to me a, a while ago. Um, now yeah, he's been in a few things, but I can tell you now he's about to be in something huge that's going to yeah. be released. Um, can't say, but it's massive. Yeah. Oh, it's all, massive. All the fucking Les's students are absolutely. Yeah, crazy. and another mate did it as well. So he was just everyone was just like, he's the, he's the man. Yeah, he's the man. So and I know how hard it is to actually get in with him. Mm -hmm. So I I, I I did the whole shoot your shot thing after maths because I was obviously okay. Sure. People knew the name. 
And I got in that way and I was like, oh, I was like, yes. It's hard, perfect. man. Yeah, there's waiting lists like fucking. There is. Well, I was with Les for a couple of years. I'm like, I'm not leaving it because I don't like it's so many people want to be able to work with him. But yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I'm dying to go back just to get a little refresh and then and then I want to pursue this properly. Yeah. Because like I said, I just did a just did a short film not long ago and then I want to I was supposed to do another one in January, but I don't have the time. Yeah, it's difficult. Obviously now with it with the whole business thing, but once I can start, yeah, I'll start uh doing everything bit by bit and I definitely want to pursue it. I'm excited, man. Like it's it's a blessed opportunity to be able to chase all these different passions. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I fucking love, like it's just, that's why I encourage people to, to, to take a risk and chase their dream. Because like once you start, you know, having some little dreams come true and you start doing all these things that you used to only dream of, you realize fuck life can be whatever you want it to be. And it the really only can. limit is your imagination. The only limit is you deciding what you want and actually going for it and making it happen. Agreed. So yeah, Agreed. It's, 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 it's exciting to see someone chasing so many things that, that will kind of give them that spark. Where's the, where's the best place for, for, for people to find you, follow your journey, follow Moss X. Where's the best place people can, can get in touch and. Oh man, you could either go to the website or literally my Instagram is open for everyone to, to, to chat. I try and talk to as many people as I can. I know it's quite hard, but I actually do. I try to converse with as many people as I can. Um, Moss X daily pages up and running $1, one dreams up and running websites and pages on Instagram. Mine, obviously Brent Leon underscore is there. And I, I, um, yeah, I'm open to everyone really. I love it, man. So, um, oh, by the way, there's something I need to tell you. Mm. You are the reason I ever wanted to get into e-com in the first place. Wow, Did you know this? Fuck that's sick. So I wanted to admit this to you. It's funny when you messaged me, actually it was funny when Taylor told me about you because when I looked into it, I was like, Shit, that was the first idea. So years ago, I had a friend of mine that was telling me about this guy who did this, um, who did this brand about these portable, um, what would you call them? Sorry. Hair, like laser hair removal. Laser hair removal, right? Yeah. Blah, blah, blah. Released it, did his own thing. You know, it made a killing, got really big from it, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, that is such a smart idea. It was really good. You were the first person ever uh -huh. that made me want to get into e-com. So this, this all happening now is just either coincidence or just straight destiny. But I'll tell you now, well, you were the first person that gave the idea to want to do it. Fuck yeah, man. I love it. I love it. Thanks. Thanks for telling me, bro. Because people from Western Sydney like us, I don't know about you. I didn't have, I know like once you moved into the nightlife, you met people, but like in school, I didn't know anyone with businesses. I didn't realize what was possible. Yeah. You just got to start, you know, expanding your circle, meeting new people, seeing what people are doing and you can find inspiration in anything. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. For sure. Yes, agreed. All right. Love it, bro. Thank you so much for coming in. I'll be right. following your journey. I'll be getting on the CMOS very soon. So. I hope so. I'll be sending some out. Absolute pleasure, my man. Uh, anything, e-com, any questions, anytime, my, my inbox, my phone's always open. Give us a call. Send us a message. Done and done. Sweet, bro. Appreciate you. Amazing. All right, guys. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode or you got something out of it, do yourself a favor, do me a favor, do your friends a favor and share this with them and they can come along on this journey with us. Thanks again and I'll see you next time.